This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Gold. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. It's important to establish that culture of winning, the importance of winning, and doing things the right way. So for us, it's just to keep building upon that. Throws to the end zone. It is caught for the Miami touchdown. It's Parker. All day long with Devontae Parker. Picked off. Going to the end zone is Eric Rowe for the touchdown. Play fake. Throws it. There he is. Wiggins. And it's a big man touchdown in Miami. What is up? Welcome in, Miami Dolphins fans. This is another episode of Fin It to Win It, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and Bet Online. My name is Riley Bradshaw, alongside Mason Inglehart. You can follow, interact with the show on social media at Fin It to Win It on Facebook and Twitter. We have finally made it to July training camp month. Training camp is upon us, at least we hope so. <laughs> As yeah, right now, it's upon us. <laughs> Riley, I don't know about you, but it seems like every day I'm getting online mostly just to check news. What's going on for the league? Has anything changed? It's it's kind of like I'm sweating bullets every day, but you know, it sounds, it sounds like they're going to scale back the preseason schedule, which isn't yep. a bad thing. I know we put out a poll a few weeks ago to ask fans what they would prefer two preseason games or four. And it was crazy. The high amount that wanted two preseason games. So I don't think a lot of fans are bummed about that, but anytime they're scaling back, whether it's the amount of preseason games or how training camps going to be held, it, it is a little nerve wracking. Yeah. As long as it doesn't cut into the regular season, I'm fine. And I wonder if we're still going to get the two home preseason games or if they're going to switch that up. I guess we'll have to wait and find out, but that news dropped you know, non-football related, but it could affect football, Mason. I was reading today, the state of Florida, they're taking away selective surgeries as of right now. So it's trending the wrong direction in terms of the coronavirus. So uh, makes me a little more, a uh, little more nervous as we get closer and closer to when training camp is supposed to start. And it's not just Florida. There's spots all over the country where they're having these kind of issues. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all pans out and how the NFL deals with it. 
you know, with the coronavirus spiking in certain areas of the country and us being a Miami Dolphins podcast, you know, numbers spiking in Florida, that's a big deal for us, obviously. Yeah, we're, we're going to need to stay positive on Finna to win it. We're going to plan along like the season's coming on, so we're not going to change our course of action. We're just going to keep rolling with the punches here. So this is our last show before the 4th of July holiday. Today, we're going to be breaking down, giving you the top five off-season moves in terms of free agents that the Miami Dolphins brought in. And this is important in terms of their importance to the team and how they fit within the team. Not necessarily the top five in order of the most talented players, but how they fit within the Miami Dolphins framework of what Brian Flores is trying to accomplish this season. And sometimes, you know, when you put together these lists as a collective show, it can be kind of tough because Riley has his opinions. I have my opinions, but luckily for this one, it kind of fell together. There was maybe one or two small little differences, but we kind of talked it out. So it was nice that we were on the same page with a lot of these moves, especially our top two or three. And just a reminder, if you don't hear the name Matt Breida, there's a reason for that. He wasn't a free agent signing. They got him in a trade. You know, that that's one thing I feel like a lot of people might look at. Well, where's Matt Breida on this list? Where would he fit in? How important is he? Well, he's very important to the offense, but he wasn't a free agent signing. Yeah, these are strictly free agent moves in order, in our opinion, here at Finit to Win It, on their importance and what they bring to the Miami Dolphins roster. So, Mason, without further ado, let's go ahead and kick it off with number five. And this is obviously one right on the edge of our top five where there was a little bit of debate between names. And I think we'll maybe we'll give some honorable mentions a little later before we get to our number one. But number five, I think we kind of settled on Shaq Lawson. A couple different ways you could go here. But for me, the reason I went with Shaq Lawson at five, and we talked about this in our defensive line breakdown, is because of the versatility that Shaq Lawson brings. When you look at a guy like Emmanuel Ogba, Yes, he is an upgrade in terms of a pass rusher, but Shaq Lawson brings you that element to his game, but he also brings you an element that he can drop back in coverage in the 3-4. Now, he hasn't done it in a long time. With the Bills, he was more of a hand-in-the-dirt 4-3 type of defensive end, but he has shown that versatility in the past where he can be that outside backer in a 3-4 and rush from the edge or drop back into coverage. So I think that alone gives him the slight edge over guys like Emmanuel Agba for number five on our list. So when I look at importance, I look at positions where the team really struggled with last year, and we know that was the pass rush for this Dolphins team. Um, the fact that they only had 23 or so sacks for the entire year shows you right there that they need a pass rush next year. Ogba, Lawson, we talked about in our last episode when we discussed the defensive line. That is going to be a camp battle to see who will go on top. We both agree, though, right now, going into camp, Lawson does have a little bit more of a head start in being the starting defensive end for the Dolphins in that spot. I think you mentioned great Riley. The versatility really does come into play. We saw last year with Buffalo. He had a career high in sacks with six and a half, but he only played about 47% of their defensive snaps. So the Bills used him sparingly at times on defense. Shaq definitely admits that. He understands he needs to get out on the field more. He feels like he has a lot of juice left in the tank. I read that quote last episode too. He acknowledges the situation, but he's going to use it as a challenge to stay on the field more next year. It is very important that the Dolphins establish their pass rush early in the season. We talked about how tough that schedule is in the first month or two. This team really needs a solid pass rush, and I think Shaq Lawson is going to give them a boost in that direction. So, that's when we agreed on Raleigh with Shaq coming in at number five. Yeah, he spent four seasons with Buffalo. He was their first round pick. And 
as his career kind of went on in Buffalo, he fell a little more out of grace with the coaching staff. You alluded to his playing percentage last year. He played under half of the snaps. Um, But despite that, still finished with a career high in sacks, and he led the Bills in quarterback hits. So I think that's important because we've mentioned it on the show before. The Dolphins finished dead last in the NFL last year in sacks with 23 as a team, but they also finished last in total pressures created in 122. So it's not only the sack stat, obviously that's the one that jumps out at you, but are we getting pressure on the quarterback to at least make the quarterback make quick decisions and sometimes in those cases bad decisions? And now that we have one of the strongest secondaries, if not the strongest secondary in the NFL, just the pure fact if you're getting pressure on the quarterback, that's going to make a huge difference. And Shaq Lawson, like I mentioned, 18 quarterback hits, 13 tackles for loss to go along with those six and a half sacks. That package there is really a huge upgrade for the Dolphins coming off of the edge. Yeah, defense and offense, it all comes full circle. Each positional group is going to help each other in certain ways. The more pass rush you have on a quarterback, the more errant throws they're going to make, the more the secondary is going to strive, the better tackling the linebackers are doing. It's going to help the secondary as well, just like on offense from offensive line to running back. So, yeah, but pass rush is so important in this team. You have to have someone on this list for pass rushing. The Dolphins went out. They got two potential starters in Lawson and Agba. Right now, though, I like where Shaq Lawson's at a little bit more than Agba, but he's one of the honorable mentions for sure. All right, so let's go ahead and move on. And if we needed upgrades on the defensive line, then we definitely needed upgrades on the offensive line, especially after drafting Tua with our first-round pick. So there's a couple of different players you could pick here as well. We decided to go with the guard, Eric Flowers. Now, Eric Flowers, former first-round pick, much like Shaq Lawson. He was a colossal disaster in New York (laughs) as a tackle. Uh, Actually was out of the league for a minute. Got a second chance with Bill Callahan and the Washington Redskins. Bill Callahan has always been a huge proponent of Eric Flowers. Loved his game. He wanted the Redskins to take him back when he was drafted by the Giants. So Bill Callahan brings him in, moves him to guard, and resurrects his career. Last year, Pro Football Focus had him ranked as a top 30 guard in the entire NFL. So obviously, that transition from tackle to guard has worked out so far in Flowers' favor, and we hope to see that trend continue at guard this year for the Miami Dolphins. Another thing, Riley, that uh, Flowers and Lawson have in common is the money they received. Uh, three years, $30 million for both players. So the Dolphins are paying both of these guys on our list a decent amount of money. Now, it is a little bit of a risk. You know, you mentioned Eric Flowers had a rough start to his career at tackle. He definitely showed a lot of promise last year playing at guard, which that's where we figure he will be playing for the Dolphins in the guard position, left guard more specifically. But there's a lot to like about him. He had a career-high 92% pass block rate last season. It's going to help the Dolphins unit that finished last in that category next year. So if the Dolphins can get what Eric Flowers showed last season in Washington – They're going to feel a lot better at that spot. And we've mentioned this when we talked about the offensive line. There's going to be a lot of new faces and possibly two rookies starting week one and maybe even three rookies playing in this line during the season. You need those veteran presence. You need those guys that you can rely on. And we're really hoping Eric Flowers can bring what he brought last year in Washington at that guard spot If Miami did their homework correctly, I think this is a really solid pickup by then. We need those guys who are going to hold down that line. Yeah, and you mentioned his pass block rate, but what really impressed me was 
his skills in the run blocking game. So the traits that this guy brings to your offensive line are something that the Dolphins desperately needed in prior years. He's a bruiser, blue collar type of attitude. He's a physical player. And when you dig into the stats of his season last year with the Redskins, the one that really stands out to me, Mason, is when the team, the Redskins, was running behind Flowers at left guard, they averaged four and a half yards per carry. Going to the other side of the field, it dropped significantly to 3.8. So running behind Eric Flowers, the team averaged 4.5 yards a carry. And, you know, Adrian Peterson's a great back, but a little over the hill. It's not like they're an uber-talented team over there in Washington. So Flowers was able to create an effective push off the left side of that line for the Redskins. And, hey, with a rookie left tackle coming in and Austin Jackson having that tough, physical veteran presence right next to him is going to be a huge confidence boost for your first round pick in Austin Jackson. I'd be lying though. If I said I wasn't a little bit worried anytime in free agency, you pay one player or a group of players, a lot of money who haven't showed a ton of consistency over the years. You have to be a little bit worried. I'm not saying I'm terrified that Eric flowers is going to go back to the way he played from 2015 to 2018, but one season he did switch positions and it seems to fit his style better, but still it'd be nice to pay someone $30 million with three or four or even more than that years of consistency in the league. When you go off of one season, there is some risk involved. Oh, and the dolphins Mason have been bit by that bullet. Oh, so many times times. over the years. I mean, Philip Wheeler, I mean, the list goes on and on. (laughs) <laughs> Philip Wheeler literally popped in my head as I was talking. That offseason, LRB, Wheeler, those two guys just boom. Those linebackers pop in my head. And I think a lot of teams do that. But the fact that Dolphins have been swimming in mediocrity and below average seasons for so long, you just kind of think of guys more and more and you get a little worried. It's kind of like, you know, seeing ghosts, a quarterback that sees, you know, they think right, a defensive end coming to them. <laughs> <laughs> eh, well, you know, yeah, but it, but it's true. You know, you get used to that for so many years and it's like, oh man, I have to have faith, but I do have faith in Eric flowers. I like his tape. I liked how he looked last year, but I thought it needed to be said. I get it. But the pessimist in you is coming out once again, Mason. It's, it is, it is <laughs> the history of the dolphins. The past decade is, has definitely uh, jaded you quite a bit over these years. <laughs> Just a little bit. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to our number three player. But before we do that, let's get in a quick word from the sponsor of today's show, Bet Online. Guys, there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Mason, why don't you tell the people more? Riley Sports, they're slowly making their way back. We're hoping that trend can continue. We talked about the beginning of the show with everything going on in the world, fingers crossed, especially for football. At Bet Online, though, you better believe sports, they're slowly making their way back. Bet Online is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their websites. If you're looking for something else other than sports, Bet Online has you covered. They have hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. So, what are you guys waiting for? Visit betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word. Blue Wire, Bet Online, your online wagering experts. So at number five, we had a defensive lineman. Dolphins were last in the league in pass rushing last year. At number four, offensive line, we were last in the league in rushing attack last year. Number three goes along that same line, but it's at the running back position. 
You mentioned we traded for Matt Breida, but I think, and we have said this on the show before, I think that the Jordan Howard pickup is the most underrated move the Dolphins have made this entire offseason. Yeah, and not to really be a spoiler or anything, but when we talk about the poll we had about the top guys the Dolphins had for free agents, who did the fans think? You know, Jordan Howard didn't get a ton of love with that, Riley. Gets no respect. And I don't get no, it. Hey, hey, no respect. <laughs> Hor- horrible Dangerfield impersonation I just did. But the Dolphins as a team, they rushed for 1,156 yards on the season, and they averaged a putrid 3.3 yards per carry. That was 32nd and 31st across the NFL last season. They needed a pick-me-up. Now, Matt Breida, he's the lightning. But the thunder is going to be Jordan Howard. Now, if you think Jordan Howard is just this running back who's just going to be a bulldozer and he doesn't have the agility, he doesn't have the pass-catching hands, you would be wrong because it is very, very nice and welcoming to see Jordan Howard in the last three seasons, he's caught 73.6% of passing targets for an average, and this is really good here, an average of almost eight yards per reception. Riley, that's fantastic from a guy who's not only going to lead the way running the ball inside, but he's also going to have some strengths on the outside too, catching the ball. Yeah, he doesn't have the explosiveness in the open field like Matt Breida, but Jordan Howard is an overall complete back. And I feel like people kind of, write him off over these last couple of years because he's missed a handful of games. And I mean, it is a legit concern. He missed seven games last season with the sprained MCL and ankle injury. 2017, he missed six games. So he has missed some time due to injury. But all this guy has done since he's come into the league is produce. Since entering the league in 2016, he has the third most rushing yards, almost 4,000 of them, seventh most rushing touchdowns with 30. And he's one of five players to rush for at least six touchdowns in the past four seasons. That is a major upgrade over what we had. And I get it. I get it. Anything's an upgrade over last year, but that's a major upgrade over what we had last year. And in two of his four seasons in the league, he has two 1000 yard rushing seasons. So this is a guy that, you know, he brings upside, but he also brings production and he has shown that he can play to high level in the NFL. So I think it's a major underrated pickup. So what you're saying, Riley, is you think he will be the actually possibly have a good chance to be the rushing leader next year and beat Ryan Fitzpatrick's mark from last season. You feel confident about that? Yeah, and I think we can go ahead and give out the answer to the poll. If you guessed Ryan Fitzpatrick for our trivia question, ding, 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 you are correct. I think almost everybody got it. You know, we've hammered it on this show, unfortunately. <laughs> Not proudly, Mason, but no. yeah, no, I, it's, I, it's... Think, I think Jordan Howard is going to finish with a little more yards. If he doesn't, That's a major problem and probably spells for disaster for the Miami Dolphins running game. But Jordan Howard comes in at a very team-friendly two-year, $10 million deal. And you mentioned it a little bit, but I just love the style that he brings to the game. He really fits that Chan Gailey run between the tackles, uh, power zone concepts very well. He has great vision in the cutback lanes. He gets that pad level low. He takes on defenders. I just miss running backs like that. They're a dying breed in this league. Guys that just love to find contact. And I get it. That's probably why he's found the found himself on the injury list uh, multiple times. But you need that physicality on your team to keep the defense honest and give guys like Matt Breida a little bit of room to work. And then you get the explosive plays. 
Yeah, one of the many things I love about Jordan Howard is the fact that what he does after initial contact, if you look throughout the years, his yards after contact are very solid. Last season, it was just a little bit under three yards at 2.93 yards after contact. You look at his previous seasons, they're all around the same 2.74, 2.52. And then 2016, his rookie year that was so successful, it was 2.98. So last season, he definitely showed it was a shorter season, but he's still not afraid to get hit. On 50 career carries on third or fourth and short, three yards or less, Howard has converted 37 of those into first down. That's a 74% conversion rate. That is fantastic to have with your lead back, someone who you're going to need to rely on on those third and shorts or even your fourth and shorts. I know over the last few years, one of Miami's worst spots they can be in is third and one, third and two. With a back like Jordan Howard who can't get those first downs, that, that's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, and we mentioned, you know, you bring in guys with physicality, a little nasty streak to them on the offensive line in Eric Flowers, Robert Hunt, Ted Karras, guys like that. And then you add on top of that in the backfield, Jordan Howard, who loves to take on contact and has great vision between the tackles. You're going to see a vastly upgraded running game for the Miami Dolphins this year. So I'm for one, I'm stoked because I think him and Brita really complement each other's skill sets very well. And it's going to be very exciting to see this year for the Dolphins. So, all right, we're in our top two. This is where you could really, it's almost like 1A, 1B because, and we mentioned this, everybody, think about importance over talent. Like obviously talent wise, if you think about the top 10 player in a position in cornerback Byron Jones, yes, the most talented player we probably brought in, but In terms of fit and the importance that he brings to the defense, we're going to put him here at number two on our list. He comes in with a massive contract, second highest paid cornerback in the entire NFL to go along with Xavier Howard, who is number three. So you have two of the top three highest paid cornerbacks in the entire league. He is a lockdown man-to-man corner, so he fits what Brian Flores is trying to do perfectly with his cornerbacks, but... When you look at the lack of turnovers, though, zero interceptions in the past 40 games for Byron Jones, and you bring him in at that salary, there's a lot of expectations that are going to be on his shoulders to perform at a high level. He's a lockdown cornerback, but you would like to see that number in terms of interceptions a little bit higher. Yeah, but when you only get 53 targets in a year, you're not going to have seven or eight interceptions. And Very true. I, I, but... <laughs> Here's the thing. If Xavier Howard was possibly still going to be suspended, we were still waiting for that. Now that's been cleared up. Or he was not healthy. I think Byron Jones would probably be our number one pick for this team. But the fact that Xavier Howard is going to be healthy, he's going to be on the field for the Dolphins in week one, the two spot is probably the right one for him. But he's still going to play a huge importance for this team. I mentioned only 53 targets last year. That really shows you right there. Quarterbacks fear him. He only gave up three touchdowns all season. That's amazing. Only three penalties in coverage all year in 331 yards. That is fantastic. Some DBs, including Dolphin ones, might have given up those stats in two or three games last season. So for him to do that an entire season, it really shows you the respect he's earned throughout the NFL and his ability to coverage and tackle. He's a very, very solid tackler. Uh, his PFF grades and tackling were great. He was tied in four, tie for fourth in the entire league, 11th in coverage efficiency, according to PFF. So wherever you look at it, Byron Jones, I feel like, is one of those guys. 
I'm not going to go that far and say he's worth every dollar, every dime, because that was a lot of dimes and dollars the Dolphins gave. But I can certainly see why they gave him that contract because of the role he's going to have as a lockdown corner. And he's really going to help the entire defense, including Xavier Howard. I'm going to go ahead and play a little devil's advocate here because you talked about the contract and we're talking about importance. So I guess you could make the argument that we're paying this guy so much money. It is vital. It is so important that he balls out and performs this year. But if you look at Brian Flores defense, they played in man coverage last year on 61% of the defensive snaps and their cornerbacks played in press man 481 times. That was fifth in the entire NFL. So Brian Flores Likes cornerbacks that are physical, in your face, one-on-one, put them on an island, and let them beat down the receiver off of the line of scrimmage. That's what you see from Byron Jones. That's what you see from Xavier Howard. And quite frankly, that's what you see from Igmanagane, the rookie out of Auburn. All three have that skill set, and that's what Brian Flores is trying to build in his secondary. And, you know, your your rating of what a successful season is, you're going to have to pick a side because if you look at the back of a player's um, – trading card and it says zero interceptions to some people they may say oh man he didn't have any interceptions he had a lousy year but you need to go beyond that you need to see a how many times he's been targeted b what he's doing out on the field the scheme he's running for the defense and byron jones does a ton of very important things besides intercepting the ball will he get his first interception in over two years this season for the Dolphins, well, sure, we hope so. But if he's still getting those amount of targets and the quarterbacks are going to have to look other places to throw the football and other defenders are going to take advantage of that, then he's doing his job. Yeah, and you obviously love to see turnovers because it puts your offense in positions to score. It gives you a short field. But if you're not throwing to this guy's entire side of the field, what does that tell you for the rest of the defense? It really limits what the offense that you're facing can do. I mean, if you look at this guy's stats, if you dig into the analytics here, Byron Jones against like top-notch receivers, like guys like Michael Thomas, guys like Stephon Diggs, Alshon Jeffrey, Odell Beckham, he shut him down. Last season, he gave up only 50 pass yards one time in the entire season, and he gave up 30 yards or fewer in 10 of his 16 games. That includes the last seven in a row. That is a shutdown cornerback. <laughs> <laughs> and, if, and if anybody's wondering, yes, the Dolphins game, he had under those yards too. I believe only one catch for six yards, I believe, when he went against the Dolphins. That was early in the season. We know how the Dolphins were playing then, but, you know, it just shows you. And, Riley, that's a great point. How he ended the season too was important. Very solid throughout it. I like the signing a lot. He's going to be very important for this defense. But is he going to be the most important player, Riley? Well, you and I tend to say no because for number one, we went with someone who we just covered in our last two positional breakdowns. That's right. We mentioned him each time because Kyle Van Noy, I feel like we're going to see him bounce around a lot, similar to what he did in New England in 2018 when Brian Flores was there. He's going to be a box defender and an edge defender for this Dolphins defense. He brings a lot of things, including a pretty high price tag, four years, $51 million contract, $30 million of that is guaranteed and actually makes him the eighth highest paid linebacker in the league. So the Dolphins gave Kyle Van Noy a lot of money, but I think we're both in agreement. This is the most important signing the Dolphins made in free agency because he's going to bring the Dolphins a lot of versatility and he's going to bring them that leadership they desperately need on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned we talked about him in two separate position group breakdowns. That alone right there tells you 
why we have him at number one, because you can use him in so many different ways and he can perform at a high level. Brian Flores loves those type of football players. You've seen it during this offseason, him bringing in multiple different free agents that can play in different positions and contribute to the football team in different ways. And Kyle Van Noy is the epitome of that. In 2019, he had a career high in sacks. The Patriots used him primarily off the edge. The year before that, he had 92 tackles, playing more from the linebacker position, and that was with Brian Flores. I would expect to see a little bit of both. They're going to be using this guy all over the field. He brings experience, a winning culture, and the most important thing to me is familiarity with Brian Flores. Brian Flores is bringing in his guys, guys that he knows can perform under his system. So that is why I have him as my number one. Another thing to mention too, Riley, and we haven't really talked about this too much, probably because we don't want to jinx anything, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Injuries happen during the season. The more players you can have on the offense and defense who can play multiple positions, they're valued even higher. You know, Van Noy, we talked about it with the defensive line we have. There's not too many surefire hits there. There's a lot of question marks. Will Shaq Lawson take it to the next level? Will Christian Wilkins take it to the next level? Well, if our ends do not perform or Shaq Lawson or Agba or any other people we have that are going to play that position, Curtis Weaver, if they're not making it there, we need to put someone in there who we know can play that position solidly. And that's what Kyle Van Noy can do. So it's nice to have someone who can play those positions. You mentioned last season, he was primarily an edge defender. Well, that's an understatement. 775 snaps out of 890, he played in that position. Now, 2018, it was split pretty down the middle. Yeah. 514 as box defender, 563 at the edge. We mentioned this many times. I think we already mentioned it a few minutes ago too. We're going to see that 2018 spot more. But if there's injuries and they need to move him or shift him over to a spot primarily, I feel confident that he can handle that role. Interchangeable pieces in Brian Flores' defense. That's what he looks for. And quite frankly, he was missing that, especially in the front seven last year. You look at guys like Jerome Baker, Raekwon McMillan, yeah, great football players, and they do one thing or a couple of things very well, but they are guys that, you know, Raekwon McMillan in the linebacking unit is a liability in pass coverage. Jerome Baker made a lot of tackles, did not get pressure on the quarterback whatsoever last season. Out of his over 120 tackles, he only had three tackles for loss. Kyle Van Noy might not do anything to an elite level, but he does multiple things on your defense at a very high level, and that's what Brian Flores was missing last year, and that's why he brought in this interchangeable, versatile piece for his defense that he can just play chess with and move anywhere he needs it to, whether it's through injury or just schematically put Van Noy in spots to succeed and get the most out of his defense. It's going to be a huge upgrade for this defense. Uh, the lack of edge defenders that we had, you know, the lack of versatile linebackers that we currently have right now, it's going to be a huge upgrade I'm really excited to see what he can bring to this team, how he can help younger players out as well. And, you know, similar to Byron Jones and Eric Flowers and Shaq Lawson, most of these guys on this list, except Jordan Howard, they're getting paid. They, they got paid. So all these guys do need to perform at a certain high level, even Jordan Howard for that matter. But when you're getting paid top 10 in your position, you do need to bring it. So I am really looking forward to see Kyle Van Noy, seeing his leadership seeing what he can do for this team on the field and off the field. I think it's a great free agent signing, one the Dolphins had to make. I love it. And we've mentioned this in our previous episodes, Mason, from the linebacking position, quite frankly, the entire team. 
it's such a young team. And I know Van Noy is only 29 years old, but we talked about him bringing that experience, that winning culture. He is going to impact not just on the field, but off the field, a lot of these younger players for the Miami Dolphins. So just bringing that attitude and that mentality into the locker room obviously adds value there as well. So Van Noy comes in at number one for us. We put this poll out to Dolphins fans, Mason, on Twitter, and Dolphins fans thought of it a little differently than us. So I want to go through those results real quick. Our poll said, which Miami Dolphins free agent signing was the most important for the team going into this season? And we could only get four options on Twitter. So I said, if you know, if your option wasn't there, you could comment. But basically, everybody picked one of these top four. So it was Byron Jones, Jordan Howard, Kyle Van Noy, Shaq Lawson. So we mentioned it already. Jordan Howard got absolutely no love. Under 5% of the vote. Shaq Lawson, 7%. And then it came down to Byron Jones and Van Noy. And the fans gave the edge to Byron Jones at almost 50% of the vote, with Van Noy getting 39 So... I think people are going with the talent, and it's hard to argue against that. I mean, when you're a top 10 player at your position and you bring that guy into an already strong secondary, it's a huge upgrade to an already strong unit, and that's just going to make the Dolphins even tougher to throw against in the passing game this season. And, you know, of course, with a poll where there's only one answer you can click, it's hard to tell if people who voted are maybe not as high as Jordan Howard as we are or they were like, well, he'd be my second or third, similar to how he was for us. Cause you know, he right. wasn't number one or number two for us. So, you know, it is kind of tough to tell with the poll voting, but yeah, I mean, it definitely shows that these two defenders that we ranked in our top two, the fans see it the way we see it, whether it's Jones, whether it's Van Noy, or even whether it's someone like Jordan Howard, you can't go wrong with any of these guys. They're all great upgrades for the offense and for the defense. And it's going to be nice because the Dolphins really struggled at several things last season, pass rush, running the football, offensive line. So you get the picture. The (laughs) Dolphins, the Dolphins had a ton of cap room and to their credit, they used it. And I feel like they used it in a very solid way to find guys who are going to fit their schemes, fit the style of plays and use that versatility on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and the upgrades in all of these position groups are only going to elevate players in other position groups, right? So, like, if Shaq Lawson, Emmanuel Agba, is getting more pressure on the quarterback, that's going to make life easier for the secondary. The quarterback's going to have to get rid of the ball earlier, so guys like Byron Jones are going to have more opportunities for turnovers, Xavier Howard. And if you have Kyle Van Noy being that Swiss Army knife on the defense, that's just going to elevate everybody's game. And then same thing for the offense. You upgrade all across the offensive line, We talked about Eric Flowers. We mentioned Ted Karras. The rookies that are going to be impacted by the upgrades there, Robert Hunt, Austin Jackson. So it's only going to help the running game with Jordan Howard and Breida coming in. So everyone elevating their game is going to help out different position groups. So I would expect to see the Miami Dolphins ranking a lot higher in these different categories this upcoming season. I mean, that's the trend that the team is going in, right? We're in the middle of this rebuilding process. In my opinion, it's an accelerated rebuilding process with how this offseason has gone, especially now that they've drafted Tua. So when you look at these free agent signings, man, there's just so many things to get excited about with the Miami Dolphins. There's only one way to go up for for many of those statistical categories and positional categories, and it's up because we've gone over and when we broke down each position this offseason, a lot of times we said 31, 32nd in the league. You know, we broke that down. Now, next week, Riley, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're actually going to rank. We're going to rank 
the different positional categories. We're going to kind of revisit each one a little bit, and it'll be interesting to kind of apply what you just said, how these star players or these free agent signings will improve these different positions. So it'll be interesting to see how we rank some of these squads due to the free agent signings that the Dolphins did in the offseason. You're right. We just completed the marathon of breaking down all of these position groups. So now we're going to wrap it up, put a bow on it next week, and rank the position groups going into the season. So look out for that next week. We have a ton of great content coming up for you guys. We're going to wrap up this episode of Fin It to Win It. If you haven't already, make sure you follow us on social media at Fin It to Win It and participate in our trivia giveaway. We just kicked that off earlier this week. Find the post, interact with the post, answer the question correctly. If you don't answer it correctly, I don't know what's wrong with you because we gave you the answer literally earlier on this episode. So make sure you answer correctly, retweet or share the post and follow us at Fin It to Win It. And you will be entered to be selected into our Dolphins Trivia Challenge. So if you are selected, you're automatically going to win a prize. And then you will have a shot at winning a $100 gift card to NFL Shop. So make sure you do that. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and any other major podcast platform. We hope everyone has a great holiday break. For Mason, I'm Riley. We will see you guys next week. Fins up, everybody. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.